0: Welcome to Fit2Be to Radio, where we bring you all things fitness, core, and diastasis recti-related. While we're having this little chat, we hope you'll shuffle into your shoes, grab your water, and take us along for a walk while we talk. Or maybe you're listening as you make dinner or drive or do dishes. Hey, you can always work out with us later on fit2be.com, where we have over 200 gorgeous, family-friendly, tummy-safe exercise videos ready for you to stream. Now let's get this show on the road. You guys ready? yes
1: all right born ready born ready i love that i I
2: love your first one though when you're like i wish i could just say all those things i know (laughs) that is so bad
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to to Fit2Be Radio. My name is Chris Benke. I'll be your host today. I'm here with Beth Learn. She's the CEO and founder of Fit2Be Studio. We also have with us, joining us today, Mary Vidal. She is the founder of WholeCore. She's a yoga instructor. Um, She's a personal trainer. She's an all-around amazing person. Mary, thank you for spending time with us. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So okay. I guess thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No, awesome. Um, yeah, Mary's just not sure because I did three takes where I had to do it over. So she was just wasn't sure if this is going to be another one of those takes. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're pumped to have you on. Um, uh, we asked everybody the same question, right, when we get started. So I, I have to ask you as well, where are you coming to us from today?
2: I am coming from Hoboken, New Jersey. So, if y'all don't it. know where that is, it's um right across the river from New York City.
1: So yes. I can actually
2: look out my window and see Freedom Tower and Wall Street. I love Street, uh,
1: I, lo- yeah. I love that area. I've been there lots of times. Wow. actually. Um, how long have you been over there?
2: Hoboken, I've been here since two thousand one, so seventeen okay. years. Yeah. Wow. Since mm. two
1: thousand one, and and since two thousand one till now. Has it changed a lot? Has it, or is it Oh, just my goodness. C-more?
2: It's been, and if you, I don't know if you were there, uh, you know, maybe ten or twelve years ago, this place mm-hmm. is totally changed. Um, it's a lot of the old buildings were renovated. The waterfront okay. was totally reconstructed. So now, when we moved in, there was like
0: mm-hmm.
2: a, a pier, uh, pier A, which was a great place to go, and then it was just like chain link fence waterfront. Um, and now it's um, a beautiful walkway all the way up and down. There's amazing stores. There's a W Hotel. It's, um, wow. it's a awesome. great walking town. Mm-hmm. It's called the Mile Square City, and you can basically walk anywhere um, in the city. And it's, it's just a, it's a great place to be. I love it. And it's That's close awesome. to New York City. Mm-hmm.
1: So all the changes have been good for the most part. And you yeah. It.
2: Yeah, it's a little crowded. You know, if you have to park in the street, Good luck.
1: <laughs> That's why it's a good one. <laughs> you don't have to park on the street. That's
2: right. Take your yeah. bike, take mm-hmm. your scooter, take, just walk. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yes. before, so before New Jersey, where were you?
2: I am a Jersey girl. Um, okay. So I've always lived in New Jersey, but I was in the um, infamous Central Jersey. Okay. Some people claim doesn't exist, but um, right. um, I, came, I came from uh, Central New Jersey
1: yeah so you so now where you are compared to where you were you like it a lot better
2: um yeah i do i love it yeah it's the longest place i've lived i guess other than where i grew up
1: okay Mm -hmm. cool that's awesome yeah i I love it over there i spent a lot of time on the east coast but i haven't been maybe i haven't seen all these changes because actually thinking about it you said in the last 10 years i don't know that i've been there in the last 10 years to that area of new jersey so i'm gonna to have to go back and check it out yeah
2: you gotta check it out
1: that's cool so you guys know each other from your event in new york right beth
0: mm-hmm. yep this is another gal that i met at the women and women's health life um okay. i didn't i didn't connect with her until the cocktail hour that they had right. uh it was really fun there was this meet and greet and they had a really yummy healthy appetizers and these really good mocktails and regular cocktails. And, um, and I started talking with Mary, and we just really connected at the level of deep core stuff. Um, I made a lot of connections there with other professionals who do very different things than myself. But Mary does very, very similar work uh, through her business, Whole Core. And but we're going to talk more about, like, her experience in the past year, which has been yeah. mind-blowing.
1: So, mm-hmm. so, Mary, you've had some, some transitions, some changes, some things happen with your health in the last year. Do you, do you want to get into that? Is that all right if we talk about yeah, that? Yeah,
2: absolutely. That's, that's why I'm here. Okay. <laughs> yep. so, yeah, so um, in February of uh, this year, um, just with a routine mammogram, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, um, it was a a big shock to me, not only me, but also my whole, you know, family and my friends, um, because of all people, they look at me and say, wow, this person's like healthy and fit and, and Mm -hmm. really concerned about health and wellness. And if it happened to you, you know, what about me? So
0: it was, um, it was a big shocker. Yeah, there's, there's a, there's a myth. And we were talking about this in the pre-show that, you know, if you do all the right things, that's going to save you. Yeah, you know, if you eat right and you exercise regularly, you're going to be fine. You just, you just put in the the formula and a, a squared plus b squared equals b squared, no cancer, <laughs> no problem. But I know from experience working with athletes and working with people that are very healthy, um, that there are genetic factors, there are um, environmental factors that are rogue and we can't control those things. And it's really frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's one of the things
2: I discovered too. I mean, every, every case, every person is completely different. I mean, it's such a generic term, I feel like breast cancer, but um, when mm. you get into it, it it's ama- what I found is it was just amazing to find out how different everyone's experience actually was, and, and their diagnosis, mm. and then their treatment as well.
0: Right. Now, so, can can ahead. we ask what kind of breast cancer you were diagnosed with? Sure.
2: So um, it took me a while to get this information, um, but <laughs> I eventually found out I, I was um, stage one, um breast cancer, which is great. I mean, it's almost the earliest. You could have stage zero as well, but it's stage mm-hmm. one. And I'm um, ER, PR positive, which is hormone, re- hormone receptor positive, so estrogen and progesterone. Um, and um, that is like one of the most common things and the most treatable cancers, uh, breast cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, um, also, um, if you've heard of the term HER2 negative, um, so that again, you know, kind of put me in a kind of lower, um, stage or, or in easier to treat cancer. Um, but all yeah. of these things are things that I had to, uh, learn about, um, all of a sudden, I think that was kind of the biggest shock, um, in getting this news is that here you are, you know, not only do you find out like this devastating news, but now all of a sudden you have to figure out like what it is and how mm. you get treated and um, how to tell your family and um, you know, all these things that have to happen in pretty short order. Um, mm. So it uh, it, it's really, it's, I, I have a greater appreciation, I think for what other people have gone through um, just going through it myself. It's, it's incredible. Wow. And I, I think I remember, I- sitting around saying to my husband, what, what do people do? Like, what do other people do? We, we are right. very resourceful and we love learning and we're into research. So we were all, you know, Dr. Google. And um, right. you know, <laughs> um, and, and then we have medical people in our family. We had lots of people who um, have gone through breast cancer. So we had a lot of mm. people to reach out to and talk to. But right. wow, was it so much work. Yeah. And mm. at the same time, you're dealing with this really heavy news. And I mean, for me, it felt like, you know, you're kind of walking through mud or, you know, it, it just, it was just everything was like effort, a lot yeah. of effort, but mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to figure out, you know, how, how to move ahead um, after receiving mm-hmm. this news. Yeah. So it was, um, it was harsh.
1: So there's, there's the two sides, right? There's the, there's the the physical side of the treatment and then there's the the mental side um so put the physical side apart for a second because I think we're going to talk a lot about that because it fits with us so well but the mental side how was it just learning that news like how did you like how was that
2: Uh, it was it was really hard um I and I my, my husband knows this somehow I kind of Felt like I was going to get that news that it was going to be positive, um, but we had a, about a week wait between when I was biopsied and when I got mm-hmm. the news. But I was just kind of not going there, you know, not letting myself go there until we got the news. But mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, my husband was on a business trip in London when we did get the news, so and and I knew I was going to be by myself, so that was I mean, that was. That was really hard, and I I had a friend who I had kind of gave a heads up to, and she sort of knew. So she was kind of my backup person because um, mm-hmm. when I got a call, they said, you know, we need to see you tomorrow. Basically, I didn't. They didn't tell me exactly that I had breast cancer, but right. Yeah, I come in tomorrow and bring a friend or bring someone with you. So you know that that you're you know my. My stomach just dropped. Um, so, and then, mm. you know, I called my husband right away and said, honey, you know, and he, he said, I'm coming home. So he turned around and got right back on a on plane and, and came home. So um,
0: it was really hard, uh, mm. just, you know. Shocked. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. You know, I, when I got my MRI for my neck, I didn't know what was going on. And um, they gave me my scans because of the process I had to go through with my insurance. So I actually had them. I was in Ben with Chris and Alice that weekend. We were able to put the CD into his computer and pull up the scans. And we're looking and trying to make sense of it. And I see this lump in my spine. Like I can see it. And so in that moment, there's this, What's what, normal? Yeah. What is that in my body? And so I'm there um, I knew it was very likely a herniated disc, but I also had to confront the possibility that this could also be something else. And then I had to wait a couple of weeks and that waiting period, it really yeah. it
1: was a long time too. <laughs> yeah. I mean it was a long, <laughs> long time.
0: Yeah. I and think- even though it was a totally different diagnosis, it's like that waiting time for any kind of serious diagnosis really wreaks havoc. How did you, like, did you turn to fitness, or did your fitness kind of stagnate during that time?
2: You know, I don't even remember. Um, really? I don't remember. Um, I don't remember what I did. Honestly, I, I, let me think about this. So it was in the middle of winter. This was a, another complication to the whole scenario was, let's see, it was, um, a Tuesday when I saw my doctor and got the news and the very next day or I guess that night was the major snowstorm that we had and oh. so we had um the doctor's offices closed, you know. Oh. <laughs> hello. And uh harder than that was that both my kids were home from school for two days. Mm. Right after we found out. So that's hard. We had to sort of tell them because we had to tell them mm-hmm. because we're on the phone, yeah. phone calls, trying to arrange. So that was not not something I planned on doing. So we were kind of snowed in, and I feel like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, fitness was not, not much fitness.
0: Not yeah, fit no, not fun. a priority. <laughs> and
2: I mean, we're, we're in a we we are in a, a, a like a condo building, so shoveling snow is not a, something that we had to do. Thankfully. Um, but it was, yeah, it wasn't I, it wasn 't happening, I mean, honestly, I, I different remember go <laughs> that, you know, yeah. yeah. that makes
0: sense yeah, well, that makes sense
2: but but mentally, I think um, what helped was you know talking to people um, mm. you know, the first few days, and and as you said, I, I really felt like the first few weeks were absolutely the hardest mentally. Um, just okay. um, for me, I'm very much um, a, plan- you know, a planner, um, a problem solver. So I needed to know, like, what do I need to do to fix this? Where do I need to go? <laughs> Hello. Like, yeah. Can I have, a, yeah. like, a rough plan? I felt so much better. I mean, it's it, mm-hmm. it was that in-between stage where you're just not even sure, you know, what what the – the path is that it was so hard, uh, to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, so
0: yeah, you feel um, helpless, you feel helpless and you don't like, what are you even supposed to do And you're waiting and you're talking to people, but you're not even really sure what you're talking about. (laughs) Yes.
2: And I feel like a, a lot of, cause we've had other family members with breast cancer and there is a lot of like, waiting and like hurry up and wait you know right, uh, in right. Between mm. things. so it's it's um in, or treatments or, or tests or results so it's um mm. that is where you know getting to um i i was doing yoga and i actually got more into meditation during that time mm. because it was really i needed to do that just to stay focused on, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. my family and getting healthy and you know myself yeah
1: so you you, mentioned some did you complica- oh, go, oh, go ahead, ahead Chris. i was just gonna nope, say you go mentioned ahead. some complications um so what were the complications
2: um so uh, my breast cancer was actually very early staged um thankfully and that was great news i mean once we we found out um I had a very small um, tumor and, and i was scheduled for an outpatient lumpectomy Um, which is like I had like a little pea-sized mass that needed to be removed. And in addition to the lumpectomy, they're doing a um, lymph node biopsy to see if the cancer had spread to the lymph nodes. And that's one of the things that they do to um, partially to determine what stage you're in. Um, Because if it's spread into the lymph nodes, it's a a more advanced stage. Um, So I went in for this one-hour surgery, And, um, interesting story. It was like three o'clock. I was, I was guessing like by five o'clock, I'm going to wake up. You know, it usually takes me a while to get out of that anesthesia. And, um, when I woke up, I looked at the clock and it was eight o'clock in the morning. Like I looked Mm -hmm. at the window and it was sunny and I was expecting it to be nighttime. So, um, what happened was, uh, during surgery, um, they use a dye Called isosulfan blue, which is pretty much only used for this surgery, and um, they inject it into your um, system, so it it it, it um, spreads through the lymph nodes, so they can find the lymph nodes and remove them. Unfortunately, I had a really rare um, reaction to the dye and went into anaphylactic shock during surgery. So oh, wow. it was. Basically, they were able to get my lymph nodes, thankfully, and they started the lumpectomy, but weren't able to finish. Um, and I ended up in mm. ICU, intubated in ICU with about I don't know five pick lines or something in my body, and I was there wow. for three days. Um, and I have to say, that's when I really appreciated the level of fitness, um, my level of fitness, because. going through that sort of recovery from um, anaphylactic shock is it's it takes it out of you it's amazing Uh, like aside from the fact that I'm sure they moved me multiple times like I felt like I had been handled you know um, because I was just sore everywhere but you Mm -hmm. know when you're in bed for two days and not really able to move it is incredible how quickly the body starts to go it really yeah. is amazing. Oh yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah. so um, and even they have those little boot compression boots and things on you to help your circulation. But um, I found that like I I couldn't feel my feet when I was putting them on the floor. You know, after two days of being wow. in, in bed. So
0: um, I remember those. They gave me those when I had my neck surgery too, and I forgot about that until just now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Huh. to prevent blood clots in your, yes. your legs. Yes. So start- yeah. Contract. But they
2: need awesome. to stimulate your feet, too. I feel like my feet were yeah. asleep, so, like, yeah. wh-
0: mm.
2: what was up with that? But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the um, nurse in, in my ICU was, you know, they're, they're used to seeing mostly unhealthy patients, right? So right. Um, uh-huh. as soon as I came to, I was like, take this. You out of me and let me get out of bed, you know. And they're like, "Whoa, slow down! There's protocol." You know? <laughs> slow down. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I'm, like, oh, I'm out of here. And my husband joking because they also they, I had so many things in my system. I mean, they had to give me epinephrine, carpinephrine mm. like all, all these things, just to um, to get me out of this state um, of shock. Mm. My body basically was shutting down. My blood pressure dropped really low. But they also gave me drugs. <clears throat> um that well apparently inhibit uh, you know made, left me uh uninhibited after i i came too <laughs> so i was very funny uh-huh. and just whatever i thought came out of my mouth when mm-hmm. i first woke up they were happy to just see me you know talking but i was yeah, like right. okay let's, let's I'm like all right let's get me out of here
1: you know <laughs> yeah so Wow.
0: Um, I got, I got a lot of comments too. And again, I I know that this is not the same, but I remember like several nurses before my surgery coming in to check me and and they would stop and be like, well, you're really young and healthy. What are you doing here? And one of them literally said something to that effect. And I was like, well, I've got this thing (laughs) because we're not, we're not immune. just because we are active and healthy, it doesn't I mean, this, this injury I had was from when I was a kid that just yeah. suddenly reared its ugly head and got bad enough to really take me out. And I know what you're talking about when you say, you know, spending a few days in bed, because I spent a lot of time in bed when processing and healing from my, my neck and it, your muscles atrophy really quick. Yeah. And it takes, so people don't realize that like you spend some time in a hospital bed for a few days. It, it does a number on your body.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so thinking about that, so you go through that process and you want to recover and you want to recover safely. So what do you, how did, how did you do that? I mean, this is a question for both of you guys, when you both had surgeries you went through, how do you, how do you do that?
2: Mm. Yeah. I mean, for me, there were a few, a few issues. I mean, I, it took, it takes a while for the body to recover from something like that because you go from this really uh, amped up state um, being kind of um, uh, pumped full, full of adrenaline basically, you know, uh, and, and so the, the system needs to kind of come down and sort of crash. So I, it took at least a week for me to physically, unwind from all that and then oh by the way they had to go back in and do surgery number two to remove mm. <laughs> the lump that they didn't remove oh, the first right? time so um and interestingly enough my doctor who she was fantastic but she was going to be out of town for a month so she said I can see you next week or I can see you in a month so it was a week almost like maybe 10 days between my surgeries um so mm. I had back to back. And the second one was outpatient really fast, exactly how it was supposed to go the first time around. So it was great. Um, and after that, I actually, um, you know, slowly was doing, um, kind of physical therapy type exercises and getting Mm -hmm. a lot of walking. I mean, you really, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like it's like a postnatal period again, you know, you need to re figure out like how to move. And Oh, speaking of core, like, I have a greater appreciation for how much your armpit is connected to your core <laughs> because it's not, <laughs> not the breast yeah. that was like, that was nothing. I feel like it was can, because it's like fatty tissue really. Um, but the right. armpit, Oh my goodness. It is so connected. There's a lot of
0: muscle there and, yeah. and
2: nerves and your, your lymphatic system. Yeah. But you move your arm and it pulls right everywhere. Everything, Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. that, that took some time to um, just rehabilitate that. And then um, for me, I also had yeah. radiation therapy. Um, I didn't need chemotherapy, but I know Beth has studied the third age um, um, Uh, training with Jenny Burrell, which is something I did section on breast cancer. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah. You kind of slowed down for a little bit. So maybe you could, uh, can you hear us?
2: Yeah, I can hear you now. So where did, where did I cut Um, out? We were just talking about Jenny Burrell and her third age women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so, so, I also did the third age training with Jenny Burrell, and was really grateful for there's a whole module mm-hmm. on breast cancer um, mm-hmm. and understanding it from like a movement professional standpoint because um, radiation therapy really does affect the whole um, area and not just during radiation but after the fact so basically Mm -hmm. everything just wants to tighten up and constrict all the time. Um, So that is something that I, you know, I'm still dealing with. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you just, um, you know, you really have to listen to your body on a daily basis and take a big step back um, and be okay Mm -hmm. with that. And, And at this stage in the game, I'm I'm fine. You know, I think if it were 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh, forget it. I'm, I'm going back <laughs> and doing whatever, you know, I want to do. But, you know, I, I think I've learned a lot through uh, my pregnancies and through working with a lot of postnatal women that you really need to honor your body where it is, mm-hmm. you know, at, at, at mm-hmm. any given moment. And I'm sure, Beth, you had the same experience or similar. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I was just talking about this on, um, a live chat and our focus group that we have for race walking and how baby steps become crucial. Whenever you're resuming something, whenever you're coming back from something, I was talking about how before race walking season, I've been weightlifting a lot. And so, you know, I was up to a certain amount of weight and then I did race walking and I worked myself up to a certain speed and now I'm going back to weightlifting for these colder months and I'm backed up to about half the weight I was at. And I'm adding little two and a half pound plates, you know, like every other training session, just kind of working my way back up. And it's the same thing with everything. And, and we cannot say, oh, I was here five months ago. I'm going to start right back at that spot. That's dumb. That will hurt you. We, we can't, we can't, especially if you've experienced a trauma of any sort, right. a trial of any sort, since the last time you did whatever the thing was that you're wanting to return to. It's just. Not feasible or sustainable or smart to try to pick up where you left off. In those cases, and, and when we know that, we can be proactive.
1: Well, and a lot of times um, we're our own worst enemies with that, even because we've done it in the past. We, you know, we took time off when we were younger, and then we got right back into it, and it was easier. Yeah. And so we think we can do that again, or we feel like, yeah, oh, you know, it's only two weeks, but. Like you said, you're, you know, you're in the ICU Mm -hmm. for two to three days and that made a huge difference. Like, I think being gentle with recovery is, is pretty much always overlooked by most professionals, which is pretty sad. Not all, but, but that's what you see is get back into it, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it can be Mm -hmm. really damaging.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that really helped me is um, I ended up working with a physical therapist <clears throat> who, excuse me, who specialized in breast cancer um, physical therapy, but oh, she's also great. a yoga therapist. And um, mm-hmm. she really was um, encouraging me to, to listen because I was you know testing out my body a little mm-hmm. bit and she's like mm, you know maybe you shouldn't be doing maybe you should be, shouldn't be doing that um mm-hmm. rock climbing um <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I had started uh, my my son does rock climbing and we were rock climbing together up until you know I, I had my uh, my diagnosis and of course I stopped all that but um it was so tempting to go back um yeah. and did you want to because you really want, and it's so, you know, it, one of the things is, especially like with breast cancer, I feel like you, you just want to do something that's normal, you know, back, yeah. you know, back yeah. to your routine. Um, so I, I- Any
0: recovery. Any, yeah, any recovery yeah. from, it's like you just want, you want to feel your, comfortable in your own skin again. again you want to recognize your body and you want to, you want to find things that are familiar and comforting. And for fitness people, fitness is a comfort. Yeah. And we genuinely miss it. I know some people think that's crazy, but like if you love rock climbing and you haven't been able to do that, you want to do that again and you genuinely miss it. Yeah.
1: And that's how you Mm -hmm. feel like you're yourself again too.
0: Exactly. Not
1: being able to do it, it it makes it, it feels um, almost claustrophobic, right? Like Mm -hmm. I've got to get back to this so I can be me again.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, fortunately I, I like to do a lot of different things. So, um, I didn't have to do like some people are runners and they have to do running, you know. Yeah. Um, and and so yeah. I I did I did t- dabble a little bit of like uh, one arm rock climbing. I mean, or half half an arm rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing extreme, <to laughs> uh, but just enough to get you know get in there and do something. But um, yeah. I actually back yeah. on that a lot because I do I do um, I do realize like it's not really where I, I need to be right now. Um, yeah one yeah. arm rock climbing
1: sounds Again. pretty intense i mean that's legit yeah
2: oh i'm, I'm you know, <laughs> it's like lowest level wall you know like we maybe i wouldn't go all the way up we, we have an yeah. indoor indoor rock gym this is not like outdoor rock climbing still but still yeah
1: amazing.
0: yeah i have a question um did you notice people getting uncomfortable when you told them your diagnosis about breast cancer. I mean, did you feel like there was stigma around that? Because it can't, it is perceived as a very intimate place. Um, and there's a lot of conversations around you know, breastfeeding and the breast and in America, we've really over-sexualized the breast in a lot of ways. Um, or did you find that people, it kind of changed the conversation when it was about cancer? What well, What did you notice?
2: Um, so Again, I kind of had an interesting experience. I feel like because of just the way things unfolded for me, um, mm-hmm. the day I was supposed—the day I saw the doctor, or the morning that I saw the doctor—I was supposed to see a whole group of friends for coffee, and so I basically told one of them right away. I'm like, "This is what's going on." So they all knew. I said, "You know, it's mm-hmm. not a secret." I decided, like. I'm not going to be because there's some people who are really private and don't like to talk about, you know, those things. And and it's hard. I mean, it's, it's emotionally really hard to do that. Um, But I made the decision to tell them. So um, right away, I had like a whole group, a whole troop of people um, who was ready to support me um, in this, which was Mm -hmm. great. I mean, it was amazing. Um, so that mm. sort of made it easier because I didn't have to go
1: so' uh, the conversation. Regret, so you don't regret telling them right away?
2: No, <laughs> not at all. And okay. in fact, it, it worked out incredibly well because they were all um, – you appreciate this. I call them um, – they're, they're my worship ladies because uh, our mm. kids go to a school where we have morning worship and the parents are um, – invited to come every morning. So all oh, these ladies, oh, that's and, and I would um, would go to worship and then go to coffee. So um, all my worship ladies were lined mm-hmm. up with uh, meals ready to go uh, when I had. So, oh, that's so, surgery. so good. And uh, I'm like, this is outpatient surgery. I'm not going to need meals for a week. They told me I'll be back in my feet, blah, blah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. thank uh,
2: God that um, they were there because mm-hmm. I- really needed it my husband really needed it so it was it just it just worked out beautifully Um, yeah and then I mean and then there are like a you know a a wider set of people who didn't really know but I, I I said to someone I feel like I need a button that says like ask me about breast cancer because you get mm-hmm, into these yep. conversations and people are like, Well, I I, I don't wanna like bring it up or should I bring it up? And I'm like, I'm right. yeah. I'm happy to talk about it and I know you know, yeah. I wasn't always you know, some days were harder than others to talk about it and, and I think that was you know, it's the same thing as fitness. You kind of have to listen to what's going on in your in your body right. at any given mm-hmm. time. And um, there were some days I was just it was too exhausting. To talk to people, mm. and I didn't return. Uh-huh. Yeah, do you want to see anybody, you know. So, um, it it. Um, but when I was out and talking to people, I'm I'm happy to discuss it, and and I feel like it really helped a lot of people um, just become more aware. Um, and I mean, my my whole group of friends was like, okay, I'm going tomorrow to get my mammogram. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of them, you know, have not been. Uh, consistent about doing that so um, mm-hmm. I think it's been good and and I'm not a big huge social media person uh, normally but I actually decided to to put this out on social media and mm-hmm. I had my 30th um, high school reunion over the summer and so many people came up to me and were like I'm so hello. I'm so happy that you shared um <laughs> it's, very, something. it's very sunny
0: I know it's like woo! Um, here.
2: So I, I've i had a lot of um, a lot of people thanking me for just putting it out there and being willing to talk about
1: it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, you like, um, oh. do you feel like... What age? Do you feel like... I mean, I think you kind of answered this, but I just want to make sure. Do you feel like your advice to friends of other people that have a friend going through this, that they should just be open and talk about it? Um, or should they wait for the person that's actually going through the cancer treatments and whatnot? Should they wait for them? Mm. What's your advice? A good
0: question?
2: I think it's a tough question. I think it probably depends on the individual. But right. you know, before I went through this, I always, I was, you know, on the opposite side because I've mm. had family members and friends of, who have gone through this, and it's kind of like, should I say something? Like it's, it's this, is whole awkward dance. And I feel like now. I would be more likely to say, you know, do you want? Would you like to talk about it? Um, and just put it out mm-hmm. there. Okay. You know, it's you know, ask them. You know, if if they don't want to, it's fine. But um, I feel like at least opening the door and giving people an opportunity to talk if they want to, and and if they don't, you know, let them mm-hmm. keep it to themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah, like I a that. lot of
2: times the conversation mm-hmm. isn't started because it's just awkward.
1: Right. And yeah, it and it
0: doesn't awkward. have to
1: be. They don't yeah. want to. They don't want to say something that's gonna, you know, make someone emotional. Yeah. Um, you know, so then they just don't. Yeah. What <clears> other <throat> advice would you give to the friends around someone going through this? As someone that's gone through it, you had friends around you. Sound like you had a pretty good support network. But what's your advice to them? Because I think there's a lot of people out mm-hmm. there that know someone that's in the middle of something like this, and they just aren't really sure, like what you, they should do.
2: Um, you know, I I think offering help, but not expecting that help to be accepted necessarily, because I've had so many offers. And for instance, I had probably at least six people say they would take my kids for two weeks. Um, And I was like, no. I like my kids. I like, want I want yeah. them to be around. Like it feels good to have them here. Um so but I really appreciated that the offer was there. If I in fact did need it, I mean maybe something right. would have come up that I actually did need it. So um I feel like offering up what you think you can do to support that person and then just being aware that you know, you may not hear. You may not hear back from them. Um, they might not take you up on that offer, but just um, yeah. the fact that you're there for them is, I think, you know, or even just to talk. You know, just putting it out there because mm-hmm. I, believe me, I had tons of so many people reach out to me because I did put it out there, and I couldn't get back to them all that I, I tried. So. um, And I I did try a little bit and I was like, forget it, you know. Well, I'll get back to them like three months from now, you know. And there are still some people who I haven't gotten back to. Sorry,
0: guys.
1: <laughs> this is the blanket getting what? back. No, the e- podcast. Hopefully, you know that, what?
0: you're We've the one going so through me. a hard time. Thank you. Yeah, but you need to get yeah. back to everybody. You know what? You need to make time in your schedule. You might be dying of cancer, but I'm sorry. You <laughs> might. You need to get back to everybody. Oh, isn't that a weird expectation? I mean, it's weird. you're Not dying, right? No. you're good. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> there is there is
2: this kind of weird thing where you put something out there and then you don't, if you don't hear, you're like, hmm, you know, I wonder. Is it, right. You know, how, how does someone feel about getting that offering? Mm. Support?
0: But- Hopefully people understand that life is a little crazy for you and your priorities have shifted and it's okay if they don't hear back from you. Right. <laughs> Hopefully they're not making it about them. They're remembering that it's about you when you're dealing with that right then.
1: Right.
0: What, what age are women supposed to start getting mammograms? What is the recommendation right now?
2: Oh, well, you know, I actually was doing some research because I think there are different recommendations. Um, definitely mm-hmm, there are. baseline in your thirties. Like I, I think 35 uh, was one that I had seen. Wait, like a, one <laughs> time. I thought it was 40. <laughs> no, but then that's what I had heard, but I feel like it's changed. And I think 40 is like the, like the start. And then, um, w- If you, I think it was, there's a lot of good resources out there, by the way. And, and I feel like, um, before this, I was, I was always wondering, like, should I, what should I be doing? When should I be going? Like how, and I felt like the recommendations changed and they did often. Mm -hmm. Um, and depending on which organization, um, some of them recommend one a year for starting at 40. I've seen also another one that is like every other year at 40 and then,
0: Mm -hmm. um,
2: every year starting 50, but this also depends on your individual situation, your family history. Mm. Um, so I think during, yeah. like, talking with your doctor and figuring out like the best yeah. option.
0: For yeah, you. I get, I, I have such a good um, midwife who does my, my female wellness care. And like every time I'm in there, she's like, let's check the girls. You know, <laughs> I mean, I could be in there for something else. She's like, have you been checking? She asked me, I, I'm like, oh, I forgot. She's like, let me check them. And it's, it's nothing awkward, but I know, like her, she feels over a hundred breasts every month. You know, so she's gonna know if something is off. And so I totally, that's great. I love that she does that because it's very proactive. And she's always told me forty. She's like, oh, wait till you're forty, and then get one every other year. Do you have a family history? No family history. Yeah. Yeah. You're healthy. You're probably, you know, every other year you're probably gonna be fine. We'll, let's let's do that when you're forty. So like I'm thirty nine. I'll be forty in uh five months so I'm it's on my radar but I you know check the girls every every month or so and uh you know you're showering why not and I just did a funny little video um you know October is breast cancer awareness month so this is a great timing because that's when we're doing it (laughs) um yes and I went into my daughter's room and she's 13 and I I put this on Instagram and I was like hey October is breast cancer awareness month you need to Need to check your breasts for lunch. and she was so funny. She all pulls open her shirt front and looks down. She's like, "Nope." <laughs> and I was like, um, "That's not how you do it." <laughs> but it, it was funny because we got a lot of responses that people thought it was really cute and hilarious. You know, even that I would talk to my thirteen-year-old and put that out there and do this really candid video because there can be stigma, especially when talking to our younger girls, and there shouldn't be. I mean. People used to think that ankles were super sexy and you should keep those covered up and not that I'm advocating to just put these out there, but they are a body part that needs addressing and help and care and we're supposed to be tracking them and I, I find that the best way to do that as a health professional and as a mom is just to take it head on. Hey, this is this. You should do this. Yeah, this is how you do it. Great.
2: Good for you. That's great. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like,
0: um, maybe,
2: you know, your daughter's generation is different in that. I feel like as we were growing up breast cancer, um, 20, 25 years ago, totally different thing because Mm -hmm. it wasn't differentiated. The treatment wasn't Mm -hmm. out there. Um, so I think it carries the stigma from, you know, 20 years ago a little bit. um, where, you know, it, it was a, a much more serious illness for a lot of people. And now it's just so treatable uh, for from, from mm-hmm. many, many people. Um,
0: that I, yeah, which is exciting.
2: Yeah, it's great. I and mean, it's, it's amazing because it's like one of the most researched cancers out there. Um, there are so many new findings. Even when I was doing like my research, um, one of the websites I was looking at said, if you were diagnosed in 2018, you will be using, you know, whatever. So it, or some certain tests, but I couldn't believe how current um, and how mm. um, often the, the recommendation, recommendations change or the treatments change because mm-hmm. there's just so much being done to look at um, right. you know, different types of breast cancer and treatment.
0: Did, did you have a moment where you were pondering the notion of losing a breast to this, I mean, when you first found out, what went through your head, um, in regards to a mastectomy? Not really.
2: Um, it was pretty much um, recommended, like right away, that because I had such a small um, mass, most mm-hmm. most surgeons will do breast conservation surgery. I mean, especially at this size. Good. Um, even there are people with like bigger masses who haven't had a mastectomy because, um, and what I've, you know, was been told is that the outcomes or the, the risk of recurrence, the difference between mastectomy and lumpectomy is just a very small percentage in my case or, and in certain cases mm-hmm. so that it wasn't really, we talked about it when I, when I talked to my mm-hmm. surgeon, but, um, it wasn't an option. I feel like there was a period of time when people were just saying, "I have breast cancer, take it off." You know, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I want to remove the whole breast. And there are some people who still choose to do that. And um, I didn't feel the need to do that. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: And it, it's a, such a different surgery. It's huge. That's a, just a huge surgery. Um, to have a mastectomy, recovery is so much different than
1: mm-hmm. a mastectomy.
2: So, um, but it did require that I did do radiation therapy afterwards mm-hmm. because there's yeah. breast tissue where there could be cancer still growing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. no, I, I didn't well, really I, do that.
0: Okay. Because I, I, I know, I mean, that's like the first thing that I still think about. Like if I get this, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose a breast. But that's not the case anymore. Right. They don't just go in and hack it off. <laughs> there are much more conservative treatments just like there is with Pelvic organ prolapse and women who need a hysterectomy. Um, right. Things are changing. We live in a really great time of history where these innovative treatments are available, and it's so awesome that we can ha- we have early detection and we have um, non-invasive or less invasive methods for fighting this stuff. And it's just, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you found it and that you're with us to talk about it. And I know that this podcast is going to give a lot of women some good information and some good hope if they've, if they've experienced it themselves or if they think there's a possibility they may experience it. Um, there's, some, there's some good stuff in this, in this episode. I'm really glad you could be with us for it.
2: Oh, I'm so happy to be mm-hmm. here and happy to talk with you about yeah
0: yeah my story. Hmm. Now we always finish with one question. Chris is going to ask you.
1: <laughs> Just have to do it. Um, what is your favorite exercise right now?
0: <sighs> well, after so all this, everything you've been through, what's working for you? Rock climbing. Um, <laughs> um, oh.
1: yeah, rock climbing. Well,
2: I mean, this time of year, and I like to do a lot of different things, but this time of year, I have to say hiking because. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a- I'm going hiking on Thursday. I'm very excited. Um, but Aww. I just love being out in nature um, and and being physical in nature is just the best. So
1: yeah.
2: um, that's my that's current awesome. favorite for the season. But I have to say, too, I've been into walking. Thank you, Beth. Um, race walking. I can't do it. Your- but, wow, it is a <laughs> workout um, because I've also mm-hmm. – um, uh, struggled with like minor prolapse, so running is not like a good for me. And yeah. I, I really appreciate it because I like to be outside. If I'm not hiking, I, I you know, you can't really um, bike in town here, but you can definitely walk. So right. being able to walk at a good pace and get my heart rate up has been really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's good. That's awesome. I'm glad. That's so awesome.
0: That's awesome.
1: Well, Mary, thank you so much for being vulnerable and kind of going through the being transparent and going through mm-hmm. talking about this i mm-hmm. think that everybody knows somebody that has struggled with some kind of cancer um so it's mm-hmm. really valuable to hear you talk about it openly and um you know kind of the advice to give people that are that have actually to deal with the cancer themselves or know someone so it's been super awesome yeah to able to talk to you about that yeah so. Thank you
0: so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, you're thank awesome. You. And oh. I and I and I like the one arm rock climbing. Not to push you to do things, you know, too much. Um, <laughs> but that is talent. pretty cool. It's all
2: about the core and the legs. That's, need- right.
1: That's right. That's right. That's, That's cool. right. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Um, we appreciate the time, and um, we will talk to you later.
0: Good golly, Miss Molly, if that didn't give you something to chew on, I don't know what will. Thanks for listening. I really hope you join our community over at fit2be.com, where you can gain access to all our exercise videos and fitness e courses. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to fit 2 be Radio and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at fit 2 be on Instagram at Fit2B Studio, and on Facebook via
1: Fit2B Tummy Safe Fitness. See you soon.